Welcome to From Duck Till Dark, Outside the Marvel Studios. An audio celebration of the films based on Marvel Comics characters released before and during the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Enough said. Face front, true believers. This is George Soroy, and welcome to the latest edition of From Duck Till Dark, Outside the Marvel Studios. For those of you who don't know, this is a podcast that was inspired by the National Podcast Post-Month Challenge, which is very simple. You record, you edit, you post a podcast that is about 10 minutes long every day throughout November. And this is at the same time that there's National Novel Writing Month, which is 50,000 words of a draft in only 30 days. And me being the glutton for punishment, it I have actually taken on both challenges once again this year. So we'll see how both of them goes. And speaking of punishment, that's actually a fitting segue into the movie that we're going to be covering tonight. And that would be 1989's the Punisher. Now, keep in mind that at this point, there was only one Marvel comic movie on the big screen, and that was Howard the Duck, which had its unfortunate run at the box office and still looked at as a punchline to this day. However, fans, there are fans of this movie, a lot of them, and a lot of them are unashamedly attached to that movie. I, having recently given that one another look, I still enjoyed it, despite all of its its weird quirks. And maybe because of it. Maybe. It's it it was it fit that same that same sort of tone that really really was very, very edgy when it came to when it came to movies that were Sort of made for kids, but then sort of not. It was very much like in the style of the Monster Squad, how that one played for for kids, but at the same time, it had a lot of scary elements, and the kids were using quite a bit of colorful language, and some of which cannot be said anymore these days. So it's it's real it's really interesting the sort of directions that uh, that Howard the Duck went, and I was shocked to see quite a bit of similarities with 1989's The Punisher. Now, The Punisher came out with Dolph Lundgren and Louis Gossett Jr., and it was supposed to be released in theaters here in America. However, it was able to get out internationally. It did reach theaters in Germany and other other locations, but it wound up not making its way to U.S. distribution because the company that was, that was involved, that was spearheading the whole thing, New World Pictures, Roger Corman's company, was in in quite a bit of money issues and had to sell off a lot of its assets. And it wound up going to Live Entertainment, the same company that distributed the, the VHS of Reservoir Dogs. And they wound up just releasing it on in um, on video two years later. So it only came out in 1991 at this point, but it was already out in 1989 in theaters at the same time that Batman, Tim Burton's Batman was dominating the box office and really showing just how, how comic book films can really be played to the hilt. And here's this small, very low budget, 
very gritty kind of movie that is that is very fitting to the character of Frank Castle, the Punisher, because at its at its best, the Punisher stories read and feel like pulp, like the old school, like pulp fiction kind of kind of thing, like very gritty, very uh, sleazy and violent and just something that you can really just kind of sink your teeth into. And so what is the cinematic equivalent of that? It's Grindhouse. And that's what this felt like. It was just very much like the kind of movie that you would just go into um, in Times Square back in like 1985 and just kind of lose yourself in and let all that violence really kind of play out. And it's it's got quite a bit of violence to it, but at the same time, it's not a big budget. It's not a, it's not a very big budget movie at all. It's uh, it had a very very limited budget, but at the same time, thankfully, you had people behind the scenes who were working on it, like producer Robert Mark Kamen, who was the creator of the Karate Kid. You had uh, writer Boaz Yakin, who would later go on and become a real indie darling with movies like Fresh. And then you had the director, Mark Goldblatt, who was a very accomplished editor. And so you had these guys that knew that they had to adapt. They had to do something to really kind of make that small budget worth it. And thankfully, they did not spread themselves too thin, you know, too thin when it came to getting the maximum amount of The Punisher out there. What they did, I thought was pretty ingenious. What they did was they started it off by having Frank Castle, Dolph, Lund Dolph Lundgren's character, be already the scourge of the un the underworld. He's already killed so many people. He's gotten a huge list of, of his victims that were all obviously criminals. And he's already made a name for himself. So they, we don't have to go through the big elaborate backstory of how his family was, was killed and how he was, how he was supposedly left for dead and was able to survive. And what was really cool about the way that this one handled itself was by having all of the mentions of what was done, you can just allow your own mind to to put together the pictures of Frank in action. And I thought that was very ingenious. The movie itself, it has its dull moments. It does, you know, kind of have like this dull stretch, I would say like around the midpoint. But there is like a real kind of real old school, like grindhouse 70s flicked feel to it. It's got a very 70s vibe. He's not as, even though he's a Marvel Comics character, he's, much less Tony Stark and much more Paul Kersey. And he's someone who is going out there and basically making the cops look bad because of all the damage that he's doing to the underworld. So it's got this really great grit to it that, that became its asset because of that low budget, because of the directions that they had to go in, because of how tight they had to tell this story. It was a real asset. By being able to by being able to adapt to that, by not trying to be something extravagant like Batman and just let it be its own thing. And by doing that, I've 
noticed more similarities than I expected with Howard the Duck, because Howard the Duck also has a very kind of sleazy element to it. Cleveland is is it's gritty, it's it's dark and everything, and it's foreboding, it's dangerous. And Howard was dealing with one thing after another as soon as he landed. He had no idea what he where he was. And the character himself is very gruff and very sarcastic and a perfect hero for the grindhouse crowd. And and then you have the added elements of Leah Thompson as Beverly really sexing it up around like the halfway point when she is coming on to Howard. Obviously, she was kidding, but still there was there was that element to it. So it's there's there's a lot there of that sort of kind of sleazy element that. You see a lot more of, obviously, in The Punisher, but it's 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 fascinating just how these two Marvel Comics properties, the first ones to get theatrical release, if not if not in the U.S., at least international. And they both have that same sort of dark and gritty feel to it. Overall, I would actually say that the I would actually say that the 1989's The Punisher, I feel like that accomplishes more of what it wanted a little bit more so than Howard the Duck. So I would actually, if I were to basically put together a chart of my ranking of the Marvel Comics films that are outside the MCU, I would put I would put The Punisher above Howard the Duck. I, I feel like I would, even though Dolph is very kind of one note with his performance, but it works because he is someone who is just kind of, he's just holding on to whatever you know like humanity he has left after all the killings that that he has done and and there's there's just a wonderful ending too when he makes this makes a threat against mobster's son and it's it's a really great moment and it's something that that's a really good capper to the to everything that was going on so yeah there are a lot of like real good grindhouse moments in the 1989 the punisher and decent amount of violence and and a really good feel to it that I that I believe is a true asset. So, I would actually recommend The Punisher. I feel like there are too many people that were so eager to write it off just because he wasn't wearing the skull shirt. And I feel like yeah, you know, I feel like this is this is definitely a time to kind of give it another chance. Take a look at it. Um this People are familiar with the character enough now to know what works and what doesn't. And so this was a real interesting attempt to really kind of bring that character out. Obviously, this would not be the last time that we would see The Punisher, as there are two other movies that kind of feel like, obviously, The Punisher 2004 is a complete, you know, redo. And The Punisher Warzone kind of feels like a, like a little semi-sequel to what came before. But there's there's a lot of elements that all three of them all three of these movies share. And you got to give credit to 1989's The Punisher for really starting it off. So that is uh, that is that is my thought on this movie itself. I feel like it's uh, it's one that definitely deserves another look. So I'd say yeah, I recommend it. If you're a Grindhouse fan, I really think you're going to enjoy it. So give it a watch, enjoy it and just have a lot of fun with it. 
So tomorrow we're going to be focusing on the first attempt to bring Captain America to the big screen since the 1944 serial. In the meantime, I would love to get your feedback. Please go to facebook.com slash from duck till dark. You'll see the poster for the Punisher there. And you'll also see another poster for Captain America. So I would love to get your feedback on both of those. And until tomorrow, this is George Teroy saying to all of you, Ever Upward and Excelsior. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>